Grand Rising family, welcome to another episode of Serene Talk. I'm your host, Kia Janae. I hope each and every one of you had a great weekend. Um, I hope your Monday has been going well so far. I know sometimes Mondays can be a hit or miss, so I'm hoping that each and every one of you listening has hit a home run starting off your day. Um, This week, Today, particularly, I really want to touch base on um, relationships and marriages and different things of that such of that nature. Um, I've been married, like everyone knows, I've been married for four years. I've been together eight. Um, I was literally the only person out of all of my friends that was either A, in a relationship or B, married. And it sucks because all of my friends and um, I don't have many, but the friends that I do have, they all come to me for advice when it comes down to relationships and any type of problems that they have, they come to me and I have to basically be that, that therapist that marriage counselor for them or relationship counselor and sometimes what frustrates me is that I I pour into all this knowledge into them for their relationships and for growth and sometimes their relationships don't last sometimes they do but it's like I don't have anybody I can turn to when I want some advice some marital advice I don't have no one because I'm literally the only person that's really good at giving advice, if I should say that. I'm like the mama bear of the tribe. You feel me? Like when something is wrong and something is going on, I'm the person that's being called because it's like, look, I need to talk to you because you're going to listen. You're going to hear me out. You're going to let me put, you know, explain A, B, and C or even D if if that's an option. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm here. But then when I start to go through issues in my marriage and and with self and all this other stuff, it's like, who can I really call to ask for advice? Who can I call to seek guidance? I don't have anyone. And, like, it sucks. Like, it sucks ass, y'all. Because I would love to have somebody that I can go to for advice that I can seek guidance from because I don't know everything and I'm literally going and learning as I go like I don't have this marriage thing wrapped up I'm still learning how to be an individual within being a married couple you know so for someone to keep coming to ask me for advice and I'm giving you advice on experiences that I recently had within my marriage but at the same time it's like it's exhausting and it's tiresome and I just I don't know like I'm not saying that I don't want my you know them to call me and contact me that's not all I'm not complaining about that at all I'm simply saying that I just want somebody that I can go to and ask advice you know um a lot of my friends aren't married I have one friend that's married one friend getting a divorce, getting a divorce, and the rest of them are in relationships or they're single. So it's like 
I don't know. I I I don't know because I can give the good. I give the best advice. It's just like shit. I be want. I don't want. It's not the fact that I don't want to take my own advice. It's just I need a different direction. There we go. I need a different direction. And the way that I be trying to go and the angles I be trying to hit when it comes down to receiving the message, I can't really get that unless it's from a seasoned married couple, if I should say it that way. So within a relationship, within a marriage, you know, you go through so many things like the highs and lows of the love relationship. You know, I hate you. I can't stand you. Oh, I love you. You know, we go through it. Like just the other day, my wife and I was arguing simply because, you know, she acts, you know, she knows that I like to organize our son's drawer. His drawers are literally folded and organized a certain type of way. She knows this about me, and I'm very particular about how I organize his drawers. <laughs> so she offered, I didn't even ask, she offered. She said, I'll help you, you know, fold up PJ's clothes and get his bedroom cleaned up and everything. And I was like, okay, perfect. You know, you offered, I didn't even have to ask. What pissed me off was the fact that when it came time for me to start folding and cleaning, she didn't help. It was like she pretty much just said the things that she knew that I wanted to hear to put a smile on my face in a sense. And it's not saying that she does this all the time. It's just the fact that just that one time is just like, look, you know how I get when you say you're going to do something and you don't do it. She's the same way. When we say we're going to go somewhere and we make plans and I change it, she flips. She loses her freaking cool. So I'm the exact same way. If you say you're going to help me do something, then help me do something. Because I'm going to get pissed off if I'm turned around here and I'm doing it all by myself. Now, when you're dealing with your partner, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, he, we, they, she, it. I don't know what y'all classify y'all relationships as now. But there's this book that um that I read or yes, a book that I've read and a book that I'm continuing continuously reading over and over again simply because everything changes as you get older. And the book that I've been reading is called Five Love Language by Gary Chapman. And I love this book simply because he's he's a counselor, he's a therapist, he's uh, all this good stuff and he's literally teaching you how to communicate, how to adapt, how to know your partner's love language. There are five love languages. You have words of affirmation, which is um, someone giving you positive words. You are beautiful. You are so smart. I love how you, I love that outfit on you. That brings out your eyes. Words of affirmation. The second love language is quality time. You spending time with your partner. The third is receiving gifts. Just somebody showering you with gifts, whether it's flowers, whether it's a pack of gum, whether it's a card made out of just boo-boo. It don't damn matter. It's a damn gift that you received and you like it. (laughs) The fourth one is acts of service. That is pretty much you doing something without 
being told to or asked. And then the fifth is physical touch. Now, when my wife and I first started dating, my love language at the time was receiving gifts and quality time, I want to say. Between 2013 to 2021, my love language has changed because I, as a woman, as an individual, I've grown and I've changed. So my quality time isn't receiving gifts because I don't care about receiving gifts. That's the last thing on my mind. If I want a gift, I'll go buy it for myself, you know. But my love language is acts of service. And that's it. I love acts of service. I love when my wife does something for me and I don't even have to say anything. I love when I come home and she's done my laundry, PJ's laundry, folded it up, put it in my drawers, even though they're not in the right places, but that don't even count because she folded it up and she put it up. Like, I love coming home and I'm seeing the bathroom clean, the living room clean, you know, things cleaned up and I don't have to do anything but just come home. Like, I appreciate those things. So, that's what I look for. Those are the things, those are the things that highlights my, my day. That'll put a smile on my face and just make my whole everything. Acts of service. Now, my wife, her love languages are words of affirmation and physical touch. She loves being told she looks good, her hair looks good, the shoes look good on you. Bae, you look like you this, you that. Oh, I like how you're... Like, she loves words of affirmation. Anything to boost her, her self-confidence, her her esteem, anything. She loves it. And then she loves physical touch. Like, she just loves being touchy. She, I'm not a touchy person all the time, but she loves to cuddle. She loves to just be up under me. So, I know when it's time for certain things. Okay, you want to cuddle, you just want to lay back and watch TV. Let's do that. I know me putting on a Netflix show that she likes and me just sitting there in the bed watching it with her is more than enough for her. Her way going to the barbershop and coming in the house and I'm like, ooh, shit, babe. Who, who that is? That ain't my wife. Stuff like that will, her glow will just radiate ten times the what it is. And that's what it is. So we ask each other constantly. We'll ask each other, is your love tank full? How is your love tank? How is your love tank? And your love tank is basically, you are the car. Basically, you're a car. And your car runs off of what? Gas. And if there's no gas in your car, your car ain't moving. So being that you are this person is your love tank full? Because if your love tank is not full and you're not, and it's damn near empty, that means you're not happy, you're angry, you pissed off. What can I do to change this? Is there something that I possibly had did that knocked your love tank a little bit on, you know, whatever? Oh, we done had two arguments, three arguments this week. Your love tank done went down to a half a tank. Like, what can I do to make this up? Okay, I done, we done, you know, I 
made her mad and made her cry and hurt her feelings, okay, let me do something sweet to go ahead and show her that I care and show her that I love because I want her full to her, her love tank to be, if not full, it need to be over half a tank and between the full, whatever that is in the middle. That's what we, we, we work on. That's our aiming, our target. You know, because our love tank can't be full 24-7, you know. We're constantly moving. We're constantly doing something. We get on each other's nerves. Like, the smallest little things piss us off. So, it's like, is your love language full? No. Okay, well, what can I do to make it full? What can I do to make you, you know, to make your day a little bit brighter? You know? Little things like that. Nothing major. It's just the small things. Because even though, like, my wife and I, we talk and we go through our, 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 our problems, we definitely do. Absolutely. But one thing that I, I, I love and I respect about our relationship is when we're pissed off and we're in a funk, we actually, our communication is a lot better. Like, yesterday we had a conversation and we was talking about, you know, us leaving and separating and divorce and different things like that. And she asked, you know, I I said something. And she was like, do you think about what it'll be like, you know, if me and you wasn't together? And I'll be like, I do. I think about that. I think about, you know, how how my life will be better if I wasn't with you, how my life will be better if I continue to stay with you. And she was like, you don't see the bad. There's nothing bad. I said, I can't look at I can't look at anything as a bad way. Be simply because if every angle that I every way that I move, my movements are calculated around ways to better myself. I'm never looking at a way or an angle of a of a situation that's going to make it bad. Um I don't sit around and be like, oh, my God, if I leave her, I'm going to be so miserable. Oh, my God, if I don't do this job, I'm going to do this. Oh, my God, if I don't do this business, I'm going to be stuck. No, every thought process that comes through my mind, I look at it as how is this going to make me better? How is this going to make me thrive? How is this going to put me where I need to be? It's never anything negative. Because if you start to think negative, then you constantly will dwindle and be within that negative feeling and thought process. So like I explained to her, yes, I thought about what it will be like if me and you were to separate, how much better my life would be. But the thing would be is it's like, what exactly difference would it be if me and you weren't together and if I was together? Because we will still be co-parenting. I will still see you all the time. You will still have a key to my house. I will have a key to your house. We will still mess around in between time. So I'm like, I wouldn't go out and date anybody simply because it's not safe. You got Jacksonville, Florida. Their HIV rates is skyrocketing and the, they're not in the media and the news outlets aren't even talking about it. You know, it's things like this that they're not talking about. So why would I, being single, go out and have start, you know, having fun and I'm having sexual relations with all these people to end up with syphilis, fucking HIV, herpes, anything like anything so it was like no then I'd sit back and I was just like well if I stay with you like we work well as a team we just need to learn how to work better 
you know, like we are great partners, but my goal is to, even with my businesses, I don't want her to become, even though she is a half owner in my business, she, I don't want her to really work within my business because at that point, when we start to work, 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 you're my business partner. You're no longer my wife. I don't want to come home and then not only are we frustrated because we're just been, we're so tired from working, but we frustrated because we're not seeing each other all damn day and we don't have no break. I don't mind, you know, every once a week, two times out of the week, she works with, you know, works with a different set of cleaners. But for us, I don't want us to, you know, starting out, of course, is going to be like that. But once we really start moving and our clientele starts to grow, I don't want her to really work next to me, alongside me, because I want to keep that separate. I want to keep that separate as as long as possible, at least until, you know, we find that balance to where we can separate work life from our actual, uh, our reality, basically, because... I don't want her to do something wrong, then I get pissed off at her, then now I've got an attitude, and I'm going to carry that shit with me all damn day, and here we are at home, and I'm still pissed off at you. Like, we, our work day has ended at 7. Why am I still mad, and it's 9 o'clock at night? So it's like, how can we do better in that sense? So that's something that I've pretty much really been working on, because... I don't want that. So I rec- I mean, that's like saying, you know, how kids have their parents as their managers. That's a that's it's a it's a bad space because when I need my mom, you want to be manager. You want to be momager. I don't need a momager. I need my mom. I need my mom to sit here and tell me, "Baby, it's okay. I got you if anything was to be wrong." I don't need my momager saying, "Look, it's okay. You need to suck it up. This is what it is." Da 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 da. No. I need you because when I need you, I'm going to need you. Like, being in relationships is just, it's, 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 it's intense. Because my main goal is really to have a successful marriage, have, have a successful life. My family, in my family, every woman, every woman is divorced. Every woman is who is divorced is most likely a single parent. So not only did the women in my family, including my mom, get married and have children, but they ended up getting divorced as well. My, my grandparents, my mother's mother and father, they weren't divorced. They were just separated because, you know, back then in the day, they really didn't. Once you got married, you was married. You want you when you separated, you separated. Ain't nobody got time to be doing no money paperwork stuff, basically. So when they separated, it was toxicity. Like my mom and my aunts, they were back and forth between you know Sanford and Brooksville. Like it was nothing. They didn't know what stability was. They was never shown what stability was. So. As my mom got older and she started to date and got and she started dating my dad and you know and they started they got married after the children came in like it was just it was just toxic 
like, if you don't know better, you can't really be better. So it's like, when her and my dad got through their, went through their divorce, it was just that, you know. And my mom's single. She want to be single. She happy single. She loves being single. You can't pay my mom to get a man, okay? She'll be like, I'll have me a little friend, but that's it, okay? Like, Francis said, I ain't got time for no damn man. Whatever he can do, I can do. And, you know, I like that mindset, but at the same time, I don't like that mindset. Because I know for a fact I can do anything I want, but... I love having my wife to do things, do certain things for me. Like, I know for a fact I can change a tire on a car. I can check my oil. I can do little things like that. But when I'm in a car and something happens, I know for a fact my wife is going to take care of that. She ain't going to let me change no fucking tire, even though she know I know how to. You feel me? Like, it's the small things. When we go on grocery shopping, she might carry all the groceries in the house, and I don't have to do nothing but grab the baby. You know, whereas if she wasn't in the picture, I would be doing everything, having him in one hand, trying to juggle all the grocery bags at one time. You know, like, I want a happy, successful marriage. I don't want to continue that generational cycle. I don't want that because every woman who... Every woman that's been married and that's divorced, they have daddy issues. We all have daddy issues. My aunt has daddy issues. My other aunt has daddy issues. My mama, low-key, she don't really have daddy issues because my mama was a daddy's girl. So up until my grandfather's passing, my mama was there. She did what she had to do. Like, she helped out. So she was good. But she was, too, a daddy's girl. And she was there for my grandmother as well before she passed as well. So my mom was literally that mama's girl and that daddy's girl. She was always home to help, you know? So she got to see and witness a lot of the hostility that was going on within the home. Because with her and my uncle, they were the youngest. So they saw everything. And... With her seeing everything, how it is, when she got married, the same things that she learned, she pretty much used in her own marriage. And that ended up with the divorce. Like an example, um, when my mom and my dad was together, they were very, you know, sometimes they were verbally abusive, sometimes physically, you know. And my mom got that because she would see my grandparents always arguing verbally, doing this, doing that. So, of course, she feels that it's okay to talk to a man the way that she's seen her mother talk to her dad all these all the years and vice versa. Like, I don't want that. I won't I don't want my son to grow up in a single parent household because every woman or I, you know what's so funny? I'm not even going to say every woman. Every person in my family that has been married has been divorced or has gotten divorced. I'm going to put it that way because even the men are divorced. Um my one of my uncles, he lives up north he is still married to my aunt Cheryl and that's only because you know they stay to themselves they mind their business and I think that's what's best because he didn't want he didn't want to raise he didn't want that lifestyle no more like if y'all knew 
the true background history of like my family and how they grew up like he did very well from himself very well for himself and i love when we go up there to visit him because their home is beautiful you know and like i see so much and I'm like, I don't want that, especially with me having a son. I don't want him to go down that same path that a lot of the men are going through. You know, a lot of the men, they have issues with um, uh, one of the main things that's uh, very high in my family is alcoholism. Alcoholics run like crazy in my family. Excuse me if you hear a lot of noise. I just got off from work and I just did like a couple 20 minutes, you know, with my pie chilling but i'm ready to ride now <laughs> but um you know a lot of people in my family are uh, we've all is like we there are some generational cycles some some cycles in my family that absolutely need to be broken and i am and i i'm the chosen one i am the one that's going to break every single cycle and generational curse that was bestowed upon our family and I'm confident that I'll be able to do just that and excel because, like I said, I'm raising a king. And Prince Josiah, which is my son's name, he needs to understand what marriage and love is because I'm not raising... I'm raising somebody's dad, future dad. I'm raising someone's future husband. So one thing that I don't have a problem with is my son playing with baby dolls. And that's the sti uh, uh, stigma that I really wish that a lot of people would do away with. Because for you to tell a child, a boy, boys don't play with dolls. Boys don't do that. Boys don't play with baby dolls. But yet you have your daughter sitting here and you're teaching her how you're training her how to take care of a baby, how to wipe the baby ass, how to feed the baby, how to hold the baby. But yet you're not teaching your son these same values. So now when your son gets older and has a baby, your son don't want to do shit to this baby because boys don't touch babies. Boys don't hold babies. Boys don't do X, Y, and Z. When in reality, no, boys take care of their responsibilities. Grown boys do that. Boys shouldn't, they need to know how to do these things. Like, I hate that. Because it's like you are going to be somebody's husband and father. The last thing I need you to do is walk around here with a mindset saying, oh, boys don't do that. Because... I don't need him to be like every other black boy. No offense to anybody else's son that's locked up. Because it's all about how you teach and raise your children. I get it. When they get older, they grow up and they have their own their own lives and their own paths that they follow. But at the same time, a child only does what he was taught. So if your child was taught the street life and, and was given the street life all of his life, 
how do you expect for when Lil John John grows graduates high school that he would want to go off to college? No, Lil John John want to sit around here and be in the streets like everybody else. It's like no, as a mom, I want better for my son because he is going to be somebody's husband, somebody's father. You know, like both of my brothers are married. One of my brothers, I want to say, my oldest brother, we've been neck and neck. We're about neck and neck with our marriage. With I want to say he's been married to his wife maybe six or seven years now. And I've been married to my wife four going on five. My other brother, he hit two, three years with his wife. So it's like we're all married. But the, 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 the problem is holding that marriage together despite the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows because I've met other couples who've been married two times and they're already you know close to 40 50 years and it's like what how do you how do you make this marriage last how do you do it oh my god tell me the magical I need to know this recipe and all they tell you is communication and forgiveness communication and forgiveness is the two main keys to a successful marriage communication if something is wrong you open your mouth and you talk about it you don't go to sleep mad we don't go to sleep mad in my house that's a no-no and forgiveness like i told my wife i can forgive you for a million things but i will not forgive you for the same thing twice you can do a million little things and I will forgive you for every single one of them. But for the same thing twice? No. Because you should know better. You feel me? After that first time, you know better. So why do it a second time? Like I told you, if you were to ever cheat, if something was to happen, I honestly will forgive her. But it's a problem. It's her doing it again that will leave her ass either in a six foot pine box or um yeah in a box because <laughs> i don't play that but like i want just a beautiful healthy marriage like i love seeing love i love seeing black love and i hate that a lot of people they're so a lot of women are so independent because their mothers raised them to be oh you don't need nobody for your nobody you can do this by yourself you can do this you can do that but then you raise your boys to be bitches you raise your boys to not even know how to properly wash their damn clothes you raising little girls who out here making babies that y'all gotta take care of that's the problem and that's sad because now those children are gonna grow up without a father and grow up doing the same exact thing. And we don't want that. Because we want happy homes, happy marriages. Successful black healthy homes and marriages. You feel me? Like, I want nothing more to hit 50 years with my wife. Like, we've been planning our vow renewal ceremony for probably about a year or two now. And... I'm super excited because some days I feel like, oh my God, we ain't going to make it. And then some days I feel like, okay, I don't know what y'all trying to show me, spirit, but I'm learning. But I love and respect her more because I know that I'm not an easy person to deal with. I know that with my 
own generational uh, cycles that I'm still dealing with, um, that it's just, it's, 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 it's easier. It's a lot better. Let's just put it that way. It's a lot better. And I definitely do probably Friday. I'm going, my next, Friday's episode is going to be about generational curses and cycles. That's what we're going to talk about on Friday. Because I'm talking about it now within this. So it's only right that I follow up with that topic for Friday's episode. So Friday's episode is going to be about generational curses. So you guys definitely be ready. But check out... Um, the five love languages by Gary Chapman. You can get that um, Amazon, Walmart, online. You can do the um, Google Books, iBooks. There, it's all digital. Um, and it's such a great read because relationships are hard, man. Relationships are hard, especially when I'm my wife's first real relationship and she's my second real relationship. So. I started dating her at 19 when she was 19, and we've been dating since. So it's like, we're not kids anymore, we're adults. So now it's like we have to relearn each other as an adult. Basically, we have to relearn each other's love languages as adults. You are not the child that I, I, you know, I started dating eight years ago. You are this woman this beautiful melanin chocolate woman who I share a family with, a son with, you know, like, it's just, it's just that, but I'm going to end this off with a question as to, I'm going to ask you guys, if your love tank is, is your love tank full or and if, you know, is your love tank full? And if it isn't, why? And if it is, how full is it? Like, we need to work on our love tanks. So, is your love tank full or how full is it? I want you guys to know that I appreciate you. And I hope you all have a safe and blessed rest of the day. And... Until Friday, I will talk to you guys then. All right, y'all be blessed.